Welcome to Seed Time Living. This is where we help you transform your financial life using timeless biblical principles. I'm your host, Bob Loddick, and I'm so glad to have you here today. Hey, everybody. We are talking with uh, some friends of ours mm-hmm. that we met. Last October. Last October. And they have a really cool story. They paid off $52,000 in not seven years, but seven months. And so we're going to talk to them about that and how they did it, kind of pick their brain and see what we can learn from them. And so there are our special guests today. So it's Chris and Andrea. Chris actually runs an awesome podcast um, called the Money Peach Podcast, which he also has a blog named Money Peach. He's super sharp. And we'll get into more of that in a second. But anyway, <laughs> Chris and Adia, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Looking forward to chatting about all this. Well, yes, thank you for having us. We're excited to be here. I'm excited to be here. I will say this just so everybody understands here. Happy wife, happy life. So <laughs> I do a very good job of making sure I don't step on her toes when she's talking. And we'll talk a little bit about our story. She used to talk for a living. And so, Was that why you paused uh, so long I, so I, I could start <laughs> talking first? If it's my podcast and I'm and my hosting the show, then I'm in charge. He plows forward. But right now, I'm going to... Uh, just look for little areas where I could just, you know, jab in there. Well, so. you're too close to me, and so I couldn't catch your eye. Like, yeah. are you going <laughs> to... That is awesome. You're going to get one of these. Like, hey, my turn. So, yeah. So you both had great incomes in your early 20s. You racked up a bunch of debt. And I remember reading your story. And so I want I want you to share your, uh, I don't know, that turning point moment we for call you it guys. aha moment, yeah. mm-hmm. I would say. So it was February 2011. And now, fast forward, we got married in 2008. 2011, we've been married three years. We have a 10-month-old at home. She's been on television now probably seven years, right? So yeah, about seven years. So everywhere she goes in the valley, she's recognized, you know, as the girl on TV. And so I was at the fire station, and she was at the grocery store. And leading up to this point, we were basically just spending out of control. I think we realized it, but we just felt like, oh, we'll just get a raise. We'll make more money, or we'll figure it out later. Or every two weeks, we get paid, and yeah, it's we'll all going to be out. okay. We just always kind of have this yeah. in the back of our mind that if we don't look at it, it will get better. Mm-hmm. And so we did this over and over and over again. And it was February, 2011 at the grocery store. I'll let you take this part here. Cause you were there. We had a baby, our first baby. Yeah. He wasn't even a year old. I'm there at the grocery store and I can't have a bad day at the grocery store because I have to always be nice to people. <laughs> like, it, <laughs> like the one day I decided to have a bad day and take it out on somebody. Someone say that lady on TV, she's just Whoa. awful. And so, of course, you know, people were so kind and, and nice and they would talk and ask all about, you know, the show and I watch you and at the time my co-anchor Rick. And so I'm paying, the groceries are all loaded up into the bags and they're in the cart with Carter, our baby. Mm-hmm. And she asks, swipe your cart. I put it in, I swipe it and it's declined. And I'm like, well, that's weird. Immediately too, I think, oh, you know, it's in my wallet. The magnetic strip is worn away and that's probably it. So let me do it again. And declined again. So now, now I'm starting to get a little bit frantic inside and a little embarrassed and mm-hmm. it didn't work a third time. So mm-hmm. it was like, Oh, I'll just try a credit card. And I use that and that didn't work. So we're now on four times and now I'm just like dying inside, but I'm trying to wow. be super positive and Oh, and you know, of course they're not thinking the girl has no money. They're thinking it's like some sort of tech problem. No, and, I think they realize. Well, <laughs> I'm giving that, I'm hoping that that about. I think they realized the girl on TV was broke. Is what they, what well, I was about. embarrassed. And so I said, you know what? I have cash at home. Can I just leave the groceries right here and I'll run home and get the cash and come back? And they're like, of course. So I grab Carter out of the cart and I bolt to the car and I am so mad. I'm livid. Oh man. Pissed. And I don't have cash at home. Like I just am going to leave all those groceries and <laughs> 
I hope there's a shift change and Susie that was helping me out is not going to, yeah. you know, share that with Heather that comes on shift and we are not going to be embarrassed up here in, you know, North Peoria, Arizona. So he's on shift and he gets a hot and bothered call from me and not the hot and bothered that he wishes he was getting. <laughs> she was one upset. I was mad. Andrea, Andrea. I was like, how would you, why would you let this happen? There, of course, you, you, you. That's all I said. I'm so mad at him. I was. Yeah. And I, and I was like, don't worry about it. We're going to be fine. You know, like I'll figure yeah. this out. That so was always it. I We're going to be fine. The next day I came home and it was a Wednesday. Mm -hmm. and I knew we get paid up. We got paid on Friday. And so we look at everything, you print off our bank statements. And that's when we finally looked at it. And we realized that we had been living paycheck to paycheck for so long mm -hmm. that we had no savings. We had nothing put away for anything. We had $52,000 in consumer debt. We had overdrafted our bank accounts. We were maxed out on our credit card. And I remember <sighs> sitting there and that's when I like, I, I personally felt this overwhelming shame because for me, I'm supposed to be the leader or the man of the house. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking at my 10-month-old in the high chair realizing if he needs food, I have to go call my mom and dad. And then we started thinking like, what are our mom and dad going to think of us? What are our friends going to think of us? Our neighbors? They've seen us live this lifestyle with the new cars, vacations. new house, vacations, fancy clothes. We've done all these different things for, you know, since day one, we put on this fake show and now it was all going to come crashing down and everybody's going to see like what was really going on, right? That whole wow. saying is no one knows you're skinny dipping until the, the tide comes out. <laughs> yeah. So like, here we go. Everybody's going to see this. And I just remember for her, she was angry. But for me, it was just total shame and embarrassment because as the man of the house, Bob, you don't want to call your parents for money, right? You don't want to, no. you don't want to have to ever go through that humiliation. And that's what yeah. we were facing. I was like, thank God we get paid on Friday. What if this was another week and a half? We can't get gas. We can't get groceries. We can't do anything. And I remember like we sat there and I just, it didn't happen right away. But I remember thinking to myself, this will never happen again. Mm -hmm. Never again are we going to make this much money and sit here and feel this broke. We're not feel this broke. We were that broke. Yeah. But feel these feelings ever Never again. again. I, I started tuning into everything I could finance. And I remember hearing this quote that the number two cause of divorce in North America was money problems and money fights. Number one is infidelity, if you're wondering. And number two is money problems and money fights. And I remember thinking, we're going to be statistic if we don't get this figured out because well, it was bad. It was bad. And the thing was, we didn't necessarily fight leading up to that about money. We just never talked about it. Yeah. And when I look no. back, I'm like... Almost mm -hmm. fighting would have actually been better because it was some sort of communication, maybe not the healthiest yeah. communication, but no communication about something as important as that was really to the detriment of that portion of our life, which yeah. I mean, you know, money is everything. I mean, it, it touches every aspect of your life, whether you want to believe that or not. Yeah. And it was affecting every part of our life mm -hmm. and now our marriage. Yeah. All right. So I'm curious, where was God in all this, in this whole equation for you guys? God, was, God was coming a couple years later. I mean, God was there. I mean, we were, we believers, were, we were but... believers, but we did not turn to God and we did not mm. let him guide our life. Uh, we tried to yeah. control it. I would say it was a couple years later when we basically just opened our hands and we were like, all right, your turn. Yeah, we're your tired your of way's got to be better. We're, we're, when we do it our way, we have some success, but it's never going to be at the level that God can create. And it just... Yeah. We're not very smart over here, okay? We had to go deep into debt, and then we had to, you know, make a bunch of mistakes. Finally, I mean, we were like, "All right, God, just 
we'll, we'll just do what you want to do. <laughs> like, yeah. I promise you your plan's going to be better than mine. Yeah. It's always the best course of action, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. So I want to dig into the uh, paying off the 52000 in seven months. Like that's... Yeah, that's crazy. Unbelievable. Like talk well, through a little bit of what that looks like. During that time. And, and now looking back, I mean, I thought yeah. about this too. Yeah. So when, when you go back and retrace his faithfulness, even though we didn't give all the glory to him at the time because mm-hmm. he wasn't front and center. Now we look back and it's like, it was all him. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. So what it looked yeah. like was February, we go broke. Well, we didn't start doing anything until April because we didn't know what the heck to do. So for two months, we basically just pointed fingers at each other and said, no, it's your fault. Your problem is not talking about it. And not talk about it for two months. We just kind of were in this idle state because we didn't know what to do. And I remember I came home and I said, I think that we need to live on a budget. And you looked at me and you were like, you can. Yeah, (laughs) I was so It's going to be fun. We basically came to the decision that like, well, when if we I don't heard, make changes, we're yeah. not going to ever, we're, we're never going to find success. But, I don't, but you just have to give just a tiny little background is when you said that and I wasn't willing, it's because I wasn't listening. I heard budget and what that felt like and what I heard from that was you are going to live uh, uh, well below your means, the means that I'm going to say you have to live within. You can't go to Target anymore. Yeah, I did you say that. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what I, and I'm like, well, take me now. My whole life's over. If I can't go to Target, like, no. And so it took me about a week for me to come back to you and say, all right, what will this budget look like? Like how stricter are we going to have to get? So in April, we decided to get on a plan and we didn't know what a budget was. And I have screenshots that I've shared with the students in our class of our first budget. And it was terrible. I mean, it was on a, it was on a white piece of paper and it looked ugly. It was like, it was like $900 over that month and we were trying, but um, <laughs> a budget, we realized that the pain of remaining in debt any longer was more than the pain of living on a budget and sacrificing. And so yeah. like that teeter totter effect, it finally became, okay, the pain of being broke sucks and it's, it's now more painful than anything else. So we need to, yeah. now, now it was time. So I remember we got on a budget. Mm-hmm. It was once we got on a budget, we started seeing how much money we were spending frivolously. And it became this, this game where it was like, okay, we could always go back and get that stuff. But what mm-hmm. if we just turned everything off? What if we turned off cable? What if we turned off, I mean, what if we uh, sold that car what if we and sold got our cars? something, a cash car that was much cheaper, not as nice, not as new, but yeah. something reliable. And of course we're normal. We were upside down in our cars. So it was weird to sell a car and still make payments on it. But I remember telling you, <laughs> we owe 36000 on this car, or 34000 it was, so we can get thirty for it. So I think it would be a lot easier to pay off six than it would be to pay off thirty or 36, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. we just kind of made these decisions. And so we, that's, we, got, we got crazy. So she wasn't allowed to work overtime because she was a salaried employee. So she started selling everything. You sold pictures off the wall. You sold sunglasses, purses, eBay. shoes. And the thing is, is since she spent so much freaking money on clothes, these clothes still sold for pretty good money. I mean, there was, yeah. it was actually a pretty good little side hustle. I'd meet people too, because that was when Facebook... Um, there was no Facebook marketplace. No, there was no Facebook marketplace, but there were those swip swap groups on Facebook. I don't know yeah. if there's still a thing here. Yeah. So like basically online garage sales. And I would meet people at the grocery store parking lot. And I was always like, I'm like, careful. I'm exchanging yeah. shoes. This feels wrong, but it's not drugs. It's not illegal. I'm just selling yeah. your shoes. Like, it's fine. <laughs> so then for me, the blessing came in three ways. For me personally, how I could contribute. So number one, the fire department hadn't hired in a while because of you know the economy was just kind of, the, the government is always a couple of years behind the economy shift. So we didn't hire, and we had retired people. So there was this 
the shortage in workforce. So it was like, it was nonstop overtime. If I wanted to work every day, I could. Mm -hmm. So I was working every, like as much as I possibly could overtime. When I was in college, one of the, my jobs was I had a pool rub. I would go, you know, clean pools. So I finally, I remember I told you, it was like, I think June or May or June. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to Google Earth. Because this is like, remember, this is 2011. So I went to Google Earth. I printed off a map of our neighborhood. And I highlighted all the houses that had pools. And so we put our 10-month-old in the car. She drove me door to door. And I'm like, stop. And I would get out. And I had like a one-minute. An elevator speech. Yeah, one-minute sales pitch. And I would, you know, say, hey, my name's Chris. I live in the neighborhood. I noticed you have a pool. I don't know if you have a, a pool um, technician, but I'm a qualified pool technician. And I would like to clean your pool. If you're wondering why, I'm actually a firefighter here in, in Arizona. And I'm trying to earn extra money to pay off my debt. And I'd love to be in your neighborhood. If you need me day or night, you can call me. And like, I don't know, one out of pitch. Like, yeah, let's yeah. get started. Yeah. So that brought in, like, there was one month I brought, I think, almost $2,000 mm -hmm. a month in there. Over time, we sold everything. Okay. And then I was also playing football at the time. <laughs> and I played in a tackle football league for public safety. Because he still felt like he was 18. This is, this is another God thing. God gave me the pool route, right? God gave me the ability to work nonstop overtime. And then God put me in, on the field at a certain moment where I broke my leg. <laughs> so the pool route day was over. But here's was the icing on the cake. I was so dumb with money that I, didn't, I, I had forgot that I had signed up for an Aflac injury insurance policy. And so I think they paid us like 10 grand. Something. It was, and we oh, just really? at debt. So, but he uh, got a broken lug out of it. Then God humbled him and was like, I think those days are over. Now go pay your debt off yeah. and start stewarding it a little bit imagine, better. Imagine having a, at the time, a wow. one-year-old, a two-story house, a broken leg. <laughs> a full-time working <laughs> wife that left at 3.30 in the morning. You know what I'm saying? We can get through that. We can get through many. Yes. So, well, you're a firefighter, too. It's like you need to be rescuing people. Yeah. <laughs> he was in there. The fire department wasn't too thrilled with me breaking my no. leg playing football either. But yeah, no. I guess not. It was, it was better than working overtime. I know it wasn't, actually. I'd rather work overtime. Than <laughs> leg. We worked the planet. Every month, it seemed like, how much more can we squeeze? How much? What else can we do? And it was started, momentum. We it started getting more crazy, we were more getting, crazy. We were getting crazy. excited because we were seeing a small win after another. Yeah. And when you get that wheel going, it's and like- we had a great income. Stop. We just reallocated our income to debt. I mean, it wasn't like, yeah. we still were making the same amount of money. And then I remember it was November 17th, 2011. Mm -hmm. We were sitting, I think in this office right here. And I said, Andrea, come here. And I look online. We had more money in our checking account than our last debt. So I knew on paper we were debt free, but we still had that debt. So I was getting ready to pay it. And she was like, we need to, it was, it was to, I don't want to say the bank, yeah, but we went to Bank of America. And so <laughs> we, we drove into Bank of America and I'll never forget, like it's just a couple miles down the road. We drove up to Bank of America. We walk in, you know, and I'm like, if you go this radical, just imagine what your friends think of you when you're, when you're selling your cars, you're buying beater cars, you're not going out to eat. You stop drinking coffee yeah. out with friends. You don't go to bars. You, you don't no. do anything. You say no to a lot of To things. everything, right? No yeah. gifts, nothing. Like we were just, no, 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 no. People thought we were crazy. And I remember we were walking into the Bank of America and I remember thinking to myself, we're going to show them. They thought we were crazy and maybe we were crazy, but we did it. We did yeah. what everybody thought we couldn't do. We, and that fueled, like, that fueled it the felt fire. so good. And it fueled and it a little bit. We too. walk into Bank of America, and I'll never forget, I wrote the check out, handed it to the teller, and then she tears off that slip, and it tells you your account balance. And it said, $0, zero cents paid in full. I always say, like, in life, getting married to her was the best decision I made. The two kids, depending on the month, they which, kid, the goes, <laughs> yeah, which kid we like the most, but that was right behind it. And yeah. I remember thinking to myself, Andrea, we have to tell every single person we know how to do this mm -hmm. because this 
just saved us. This changed our lives. This is yeah. forever. This is going to allow us peace. We're gonna, when we go to bed at night, our head hits the pillow and we go to sleep. We don't stress. All of these things that felt like people, somebody had asked me, what does it feel like? I said, imagine you're walking around with a backpack full of 100 pounds and you've been doing this for 10 years and that's all you know. And all of a sudden, somebody just reaches over and grabs it off your back and you're like, oh my gosh, yeah. that's what that feels like. And so since that moment, I think we have like, that's why, we're, that's why we're here right now. I mean, we have nonstop made it our mission that we are going to tell everybody we know. I think as you, you know, make commitments and you stay consistent with habits and that's living this way is a, is a lifestyle now. It's a habit that's so deep ingrained in us. It's one of those things that is a non-negotiable. So we never, ever, ever miss a month of doing a budget, of sitting down mm -hmm. and yeah, they don't take nearly as long now. We've been doing them over and over and over and not a lot changes every month, but the consistency of that, plus it's the connection too of like, where are we on our, our mindset, our goal set? Are we still steadfast to this? Is this the next thing? And it, it keeps that communication line really, really open. And money just is not, it's just, it's a topic of conversation that's really easy. And it's not taboo for us. It's not, it just, it doesn't need to be, in our opinion, it just does not need to be. And so there's a lot of things, I think, when you get going so hardcore on a goal, and I always say it's like, you start out on a diet, right? And eventually you have to find that middle gear because for it to become a lifestyle, it's gotta be something sustainable or something that can be consistently done over and over. As far as our budget and this lifestyle, like that is one thing we just can't let go of. And so we, we sometimes go into that sort of middle gear because when you're out of debt and you're just mm -hmm. investing and things like that, you don't have those rapid wins all the time. It feels mm -hmm. long, but we know we can't let off the gas because this is one of those things that we can't stay too far in middle gear or we will just let off the gas too much. And then I don't think yeah. it will stay consistent. Yeah. Yeah. We very much felt exactly the same way as we paid off our debts. Yeah. Definitely. Like just that, that I mean, what you're talking about that hundred pound backpack. It's like, yeah, that's exactly how it feels. Yeah. That's a great descriptor. And I felt like it was something on my chest. Like it's hard to breathe, you know? Yeah. So we paid off our mortgage and then we moved to Tennessee and real estate's a lot more expensive here. And so we, uh, we were having a really good year with the business. I was like, well, well, let's get a little mortgage. You know, everything will be going great and we'll get it paid off within a year or something. No big deal. So we got that mortgage business did not continue going as well. We started trickling down, ended up having that mortgage for another, I don't know, two or three years or something. Yeah. And man, it was so much worse. So much I was worse like, I'm so time. mad at myself. Why did we get back into debt? This is the stupidest thing I've ever done. <laughs> like it's, it's yeah. So having tasted the freedom and been completely out of debt and then going back in, like it was even worse. Yeah. So anyway, and like, I, I want to touch on something that you guys were talking about, or I think Chris, you were mostly talking about this, but I think you both were doing this. One thing that I've observed is for a lot of people, I don't know. I feel like most people who get who accomplish really great financial goals like this, like paying off this much debt in this shorter period of time, it is a hobby for them. So it replaces X hobby over here. And this becomes Spending not just money. the thing that you have to do, but the thing that you get excited about, the thing that you nerd out on, the thing that really is an obsession of your time. I mean, in a good way. That's what it seemed like for you guys. I mean, is that accurate to describe yeah, it that way? And that, I think that's what happened is after we paid off our debt, we didn't kind of know how to slow down at first. I remember we were like, we, we just did something great. We need to take a break. We didn't know how. And I think what happened is like, we just transferred this energy. And you know, this is 2011, Money Peach started in 2015. 
So there was a three and a half year period in there where we weren't thinking we got to start a business. We were just thinking, how can we tell people about this? We would, I mean, have 6 p.m. dinners at our kitchen table and, Mm -hmm. you know, a couple would come over and we would share a meal and we would simply show them how to set up a budget. budget. And then it turned into, well, can you show my friend? He's struggling. He's going through divorce. Can you show my brother? Mm -hmm. And then it became, I was showing more and more people. And then we were, we go to a CrossFit and the owners of our CrossFit gym at the time, we helped them with their budget. And they go, we want to offer this to our members. Will you teach classes out of our gym on Sunday nights? Wow. Yes. And it just became like this addiction hobby that all we wanted to do was talk about money. We chose to do it in a better setting because it turned into like, oh, here come, here come Chris and Andrew again. They're going to talk to us about freaking a budget. You know, <laughs> don't want to hang out with us. We are the budget couple. But then when you are hosting a class and you're inviting people, come to the class where we're going to talk about getting out of debt and saving money, then it was like, a, it was like the freedom to do that. And yeah. that's when I realized like, we've got to do this in a different way. And so we did that for three years. And then, um, long story short, but somebody in our class said, Hey, you should start a blog. And I was like, Oh, what's a blog? Isn't that where women share their recipes? I didn't know. I didn't know what a blog was. I'm like, I I remember people talking about recipes and they're like, no, somebody knew a mutual friend of ours, this guy named Deacon Hayes. And he had a blog for at the time about five years. And so I remember I went to coffee and I told Andrea, I'm like, I'm going to go to coffee with this guy named Deacon. We're going to talk about blogging. (laughs) She was like, like, what are you doing? And I go there and I came back and I'm all excited. I'm like, I can talk about debt and budgets and saving as much as I want. And I can just put it out on the internet and it doesn't really cost any money. I could do this nonstop. Yeah. Yeah. That was the start of it. Yeah. That was the start. Wow. Yeah. It's funny how, yeah, it's addicting. It's funny. Like also I had that same conversation, but in 2007, um, (laughs) and most people didn't know what a blog was then, but, uh, that's crazy. Okay. I have a question for you guys. So you talked about, kind of the shame aspect. Chris, you touched on this about just feeling really ashamed. And then you talked about how you talk about money now, which is without any shame. Is this conversation going on with your kids? Like, do they hear you talking about this stuff and how are you talking to them about it? Because I feel like people feel so ashamed about money and it's all because there's a lack of education. How should we be talking about it so that we don't feel that? Because that is not from God. Like that shame is not from God. And so... I would love to hear your thoughts on that. I'm extremely passionate about this. I would say that, you know, societal standards are that children are kept in the dark about mom and dad's finances, sometimes forever. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's adults out there that have no idea what's going on with their parents. And more is caught than taught, right? We could sit there and we could teach things all day long, but I look back to moments and I would challenge any parent to do this. Look back to a moment that was impactful with like a conversation with your mom and dad or something like that. And I real, I'll never forget, I look back to, I was probably, I don't know, a teenager in high school. And I remember my dad came home and everybody can relate to this. Chris, turn off the lights. You leave the lights on all the time and it costs money. Well, if you would have left it there, I probably would have kept the lights on. And I'll never forget, I was working my first job, I think at Jamba Juice. You guys have that in Tennessee? Yeah. yeah. I was making smoothies, people. I was doing it. I was making <laughs> smoothies, all right? And so I remember my dad was paying bills because this is, you know, in the mid-90s, you you sent checks in the mail. And he's like, Chris, come here and take a look at this. And he showed me the electric bill. And it was like $240 in 1995. And I remember wow. thinking, so wow. 200, I don't even make that in a month slinging smoothies at Jamba Juice. And that right there caused me to go turn lights off. He didn't have to tell me anymore. That impacted me. So I think, okay, I look back at that and I go, okay, how can I now impact the kids the same way? We have a 10 year old and a seven year old. So the 10 year old's working really well, but like, 
I, I show him everything. He knows we're very transparent. He knows how much mom and dad make each month. He knows how much our bills are. He knows what the mortgage is. He knows what our utilities are. He knows everything. You know, the fear that people have is, oh, this is private. Well, I just tell him, son, don't go out and advertise this to the world. And if he does, that's a small price to pay to have a little, whatever, open book if he learns about money. Well, yeah. Yeah. I am already seeing happening with a 10-year-old and a 7-year-old is this idea of keeping up with the Joneses mm-hmm. and this comparison trap that is mm-hmm. already so prevalent in a young child's life. We have these conversations all the time. And one time, this was just last year, when you talked about how you took the mortgage out, the business was doing great. You're like, oh, it'll be fine. We'll have it paid off. Well, that was us. And that was about a year and a half ago. We had made some investments that were we had plans to do really well with plus his business. And then, you know, there was a shift in all of that. And so we had these plans for these two big vacations to take the kids on. Yeah. Well, that now doesn't align with the priority of how we live. We will never go into debt to take our kids on a vacation. We will never shelter them from the word. No, we can't do that just to keep them comfortable and keep them sheltered from the reality of, of how life truly is. And of course we want them to have experiences, but I never want them to think that those experiences just happen no matter what is going on financially. And right. so we had to have this conversation last year with them and we're like, you know, I think I, we were more worried too, because we're like, they're just going to be just yeah. in tears. And mm. guys, that cruise that mommy and daddy planned to take you guys on for spring break. Well, you know how we are with money and we have to make sure that God gets, you know, his money and we have to make sure we do it right. And we have to save for you guys and all of these things. We have to pay the bills, the, the lights that are on at the house. And I said, and some of the things with mommy and daddy's work didn't go as planned. And so we have to take from something that is a want. And we really want to go on vacation, but this year we're probably gonna have to do something small. Maybe we'll Mm -hmm. just go up north for, you know, here in in town instead. And they're like, okay, 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 that's fine. We can go stay in in a little cabin up north. And we're like, yeah. And I think it's because over the last several years, they're being groomed to understand that, you know, this is how we will always steward this money. Like we will never say yes to things just because your friends have it. I mean, we had the conversation not that long ago, he had a friend over and he, his Carter, my son, our son, his friend's like, why do you guys not have brand new cars? Mm -hmm. And we both looked at each other. And we didn't see anything. Carter goes, well, my mom and dad are real serious about their money. (laughs) And, um, you know, they just want to make sure that all the important things are paid. And if we have money left over for a new car, maybe they buy one. But my dad, he likes to make sure he gets a good deal. I'm like, (laughs) We're doing it right. We're doing it. Right. Love it. And it's not always like that. No. So I don't want to paint the well, picture yeah, the like our kids are. Just the other day. Yeah. So we live in an area where we have some friends that are very, very high income earners. And so one of our friends got an amazing, amazing truck. He was over and I was like, dude, I'm going to go see your truck. We were looking at it. And I mean, it's, it's, it's nice. It is all the bells and whistles. Everything, right? And Carter's yeah. out of the truck and he, he looks at, at the time we just sold it. We had a 2011 Kia. Oh yeah. And, uh, <laughs> He looks at the, looks at the truck and he goes, dad, our car kind of sucks on. And I go, yeah, it does kind of suck compared to this truck. But if we compare it to something else, it's awesome. I said, compared yeah. to your bike, it is awesome. He's like, no, that's true, dad. It's, it's really good compared to my bike. So like, comparison here. Yeah. That's so smart. I love that. That's awesome. Here's how I want you to end this. I want to hear, you know, for people watching, people listening who... I'm like, man, that's awesome. That's good for them. You know, Bob and Linda got out of debt. You know, Chris and Andrea got out of debt. I don't know if it's worth it. I don't know if it's worth the fight. I don't know if it's worth the struggle. Like, what would you say to that? 
Oh, I, first yeah, I get asked this all the time, you know, is it worth it? So if you continually every single month live in debt, that means your debt's going to go up over time. And there's going to be a time, whether you like it or not, where you're going to hit the wall. We hit ours in February, 2011. So maybe your wall is next year. Maybe it's in five years. Maybe it's in 10 years. But the point is it's coming. It's definitely coming. There's no way to continue to live in debt and not hit destruction. Biblically speaking, we all know that God doesn't want us in debt. The borrower truly is slave to the lender. And so if you believe that, if you believe debt is bad, if you are in debt and you don't like it, which I've never been anybody that's like, yeah, I'm in debt. It's, yeah. it's pretty cool. I've never heard anybody <laughs> say that. I promise you, if you don't make a change, it only gets intensified. It only gets worse. And so yeah. you get to make the decision. The decision is, it's not, is it worth it or not? Is, do you want to live the life that you plan on living, the dream that you have for your life mm -hmm. in the future? If you want to do that, no one dreams about, you know, I can't wait to retire, be completely broke and cash it all in, right? That's no one dreams that. If you have a dream one day to be able to, you know, take your grandkids out or be able to give or to be able to do, you know, start a foundation or do whatever you want, everything in life that we do is attached to money. Sorry, that's, I didn't make the rules, but that's the way it is. There's nothing out there that's not attached to money. I challenge anybody on that. I've been doing this long enough where I've tried to come up with something. It's all touching money. So then just take that and say, okay, if everything in my life touches money and money is stressful and everything in my life touches money, then there's going to be stress in my life. There's going to be fear. There's going to be that ongoing worry of, are we going to have enough? But if you can relieve that stress and get out of debt and stay out of debt, then wouldn't it make sense that everything in your life that it touches money, if money's the good part of life, then it just elevates your life. I promise you it's, it's, one plus one equals two. It's not rocket science. So just keep that in mind. Is it worth it? I think the question isn't, is it worth it? Is where do you want to be in life? Yeah, that's so I, good. I, yeah, it's completely worth it. And it is, it's not easy in the fact of it being, you know, having to stay consistent and, and continuing to build that habit upon habit upon habit of, of really mm -hmm. sticking to what that original goal and that dream of your life was. Is it easy? Math aside, yes. I mean, like you said, it's a numbers thing. Mm -hmm. Once you get that all figured out, I would say that the numbers part is the easy part. It's it's, math. It, it, is, yeah. it is staying consistent and persistent. Yeah. And we want to be so persistent with this because we know um, how radically it's changed our life living this way and mm -hmm. honoring God in our finances. And it changes it changed every scope of our life from the way we parent to the way we show up for friends and family and the way we show up for our community. And I feel super called to continue to always um, walk forward with that sort of mission. That's great. That's great. Yeah. So moneypeach.com, mm -hmm. Money Peach podcast, mm -hmm. anywhere else people can find you? So you can find me Money Peach, like you just said, and then Andrea has her site. She was, I would say, if you're a female watching or listening, you're definitely getting more tailored to her. She has a weekly encouragement, funny, faith-based newsletter that goes out every Friday, right? Mm -hmm. And it's pretty amazing how fast this thing's grown. I mean, that's awesome. I would say, you know, out there, there's so many people like another newsletter, but her newsletters actually get shared. Like people <laughs> share her newsletter with their friends. And I'm like, wow, yeah. you're doing something crazy because no one shares money related newsletters. They're like, oh, yeah. Here's what, yeah but hers are I didn't items. realize, yeah. I didn't realize that you had a newsletter. I didn't either. But awesome. I follow you on Instagram, which what is your handle there? Because uh, just Andrea Robinson TV. Because she's, first of all, hilarious. And second of all, so encouraging and not like, 
What did you do? The other day you were talking about, let's just go on vacation for a few minutes and not decide. Yeah, I was. Not have to think about our kids going back to school. I was like, I don't want to think about that. Let's just pretend like we have a drink in our hand and our toes are in the sand. (laughs) So, yes. So definitely check her out. All right. Well, appreciate you guys. We'll see you soon. All right. Take care. Bye, guys. Hey, thanks so much. If you haven't yet taken our money mastery quiz, be sure to do that. Yeah, it's just a super quick two minute quiz and it's gonna help you understand how good you are with your money. Yeah, and it's gonna provide a custom report giving you specific suggestions on how you can reach your financial goals up to 10 times faster. Mm -hmm. Head over to seedtime.com forward slash quiz to get started now.